Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the word of God. I was on a radio talk show a while back and they were calling asking questions and this lady called and she had the IQ of a pet rock and she had been struck with a thought. She had an accident and she said, uh, if God is a good God and God is a merciful God, why does he allow innocent people to die in earthquakes and hurricanes and tsunamis and stuff like that? And uh, there was other three or four other theologians there and they bantered around a little bit, and then finally the guy that was in charge of the interview said, well, let's ask Reverend Mahaney. And he said, why does God allow innocent people to die in earthquakes and hurricanes and tsunamis? And, and I said, there's never been any innocent people dying anything like that. He said, what do you mean? I said, nobody's innocent. Well, none of us are innocent. We're all born in sin, shaping in iniquity. <clears throat> And I said, the only real innocent one died on the cross, so we don't have to worry about stuff like that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Great to be here and be with all of you. And, and uh, I got on the phone and just begged and pleaded, please, Stan, let me stay one more night. When... Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Special honor to have my cousin here with me, uh, James Valentine Bauer, the... 14th, hallelujah, and his wife and her mom and some different folks. We uh, thank you, hallelujah. He's a Gentile side of the family, so but he's made more money than any of us, hallelujah. That's my uncle. My, my uncle, uh, he was really into stuff, and he was showing my father a chair one time and he said uh, this chair goes back to Louis the 14th and my dad said that's nothing our furniture goes back to Sears on the 15th hallelujah <laughs> hallelujah so you can't beat somebody like that hallelujah we love you appreciate the goodness of God hey we are in the season of God's blessing right now as I speak to you, we are in the season of God's blessing. Hallelujah. First Peter, the second chapter, the ninth and tenth verses. If you have your Bible, feel more comfortable reading it. If you don't, we'll have it up here on the whatever you call it, monitor. Uh, I was in a real ultra-conservative church where they're against everything but fresh air and and uh, I told us we're going to have it on the giant screen television. <laughs> the pastor said, it ain't a television. Whatever. Hallelujah. I don't care what you call it. First Peter 2, verse 9 and 10. First Peter 2, verse 9 and 10. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and when it says generation here, it, does, it comes from the Hebrew word genera, which means a race of people, a, a group of people. 
I mean, you are a chosen. It doesn't mean like my father's generation. It, it, it means a group of people, but you are a chosen group of people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. If you don't believe we're peculiar, just kind of look out of the corner of your eye and don't move your head at somebody close to you. That you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Come on, say, I am a chosen generation. Say, I'm a priest before God. I'm a peculiar person. Hallelujah. Come on, say, I am a royal person. And I want to read from uh, Matthew verse 20, chapter 26. Verse 59, we're going to read several here, whoever's running the deal up here. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 26, verse 59. Now the chief priests and elders and all the council sought false witnesses against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. Yea, though many false witnesses came, yet found they none. At the last came two false witnesses. And said, this fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it up in three days. And the high priest arose and said unto him, Answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witnesses against thee? But Jesus held his peace, and the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God. You've got to answer a Jew when he says, by the living God, that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus saying to him, thou hast, thou hast said, nevertheless, I say unto you, hereafter you shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of glory, or heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes. That means he tore them. Didn't mean he charged somebody to wear them. Hallelujah. If I rented mine, they could do a gospel tent. Hallelujah. And I'm not going to say anything about any other Atkins backsliders in here tonight. Hallelujah. Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need we have we of witnesses? Behold, now ye have heard his blasphemy. Everybody say, We're a high priest. Forever. I want to preach a little while on the season of God's blessing. The season of God's blessing. You may be seated. God bless you all. Hallelujah. Everybody say, if God be for me, who can be against me? You know what? There's nothing deader than dead Pentecost, and I like the anointing I feel in here. I was preaching the Maryland District Camp Meeting, and, and uh, we had... Uh, Probably 3,000 people there that night. Wasn't nothing I'd done. I was just preaching the gospel and the power of God fell. And there was probably 1,000 people just slain out under the power of God at one time. Healings and miracles took place. One woman had curvature of the spine. God healed her instantly. Another lady had lost her voice and God healed her voice. She sang her testimony. And I went home and, and living behind me is an old retired Methodist bishop. And we're standing back there, and, and uh, he says, where was you at on your last campaign, Reverend? 
And I said, I was in Maryland, uh, the state of Maryland at a camp meeting. He said, tell me about it. And I said, at one time we had literally hundreds of people slain under the power of God like somebody had opened up with a machine gun on them. And, and he looked at me, and I saw a big tear start working down the face of that old Methodist bishop. And he said, I'm going to tell you something, son. I remember the days when we had that. He said, I remember the days when they used to carry the women home in the backs of wagons slain under the power of God. He said, I remember the days when the ladies had long hair in the church, and they would shout that hair down. They'd pop like whips when they would dance and shout. But he said, we got the loving program. We got the loving buildings. We got the loving education. We got the loving that more than the move of God. And he said, I want to predict that you Pentecostals are going to see the same thing happen. There'll come a day when you won't have this anointing in your midst. I said, as long as I'm alive, I'm going to be anointed. I'm going to be used of God. If God be for me, who can be against me? Everybody say it. God is a good God, and God's for me. How can disease be against me? How can finances be against me? If God's for me. Come on, you're a king. We need to speak things into existence. Kings speak it in the earth, and priests speak it into the heavenlies. We're here to offer spiritual sacrifices to God. We don't drag a screaming lamb in here now. We give the fruit of our lips as worship to God. I've been an evangelist for 32 years. I've never, I've preached over 200 camp meetings. I've never been in a place where we had a move of God where people wouldn't worship. But I've been in those old places where the mosquitoes coming around singing nothing but the blood. Hallelujah. Outside toilets. You young preachers, you can't ever say toilet. Only uh, Uncle Charlie and Uncle Jeff Arnold can say stuff like that and not get their car jerked. Come on. But we'd begin to worship. I've been in a jail cell and watched those men begin to worship. Come on. The fruit of our lips is the sacrifice that God is looking for. Come on. I said the fruit of our lips is the sacrifice that God's looking for. Hallelujah. The fruit of our lips is a sacrifice. You say, what can I give God? He owns a golden cattle on a thousand hills. God owns everything. There's only one thing he wants from his people, and that's the people that will worship him. Do you know what King Saul's problem was? Saul died a suicide. Saul the anointed king of Israel, according to the mission of the Jewish teaching, he was seven foot one inches tall. Eliab, the son of Jesse, was seven foot tall. And they wanted a little move of God just like the one they had, but God was ready to bring David in. I preached this the other night in a minister's conference. Samuel had the horn of oil ready to pour it on Eliab's head, and God said, don't pour it. Samuel, because I'm looking at the inside and you're looking at the outside. And I preached on almost anointed. Hallelujah. Almost anointed. You know what Saul's problem was? God said, you kill all the Amalekites. And he saved some. And God said, you reverence the ministry of the priest. And he killed all the priests at Nob. See, his problem was he kept what God said to get rid of, 
and he killed what God said to keep. I learned a long time ago, man, my arms are way too short to be boxing with God. Hallelujah. Come on, my arms are too short to be boxing with God. Now he's hanging on the cross. The centuries crimson with the blood of animals. The Hebrew religion is a bloody religion. I had the privilege to be involved in going to Israel and uh, negotiating with the rabbis for the sale of the, the red heifer cattle that the Israel soon to offer. They have one now that's three years old. It's a bloody religion. God took animals and he killed them and he put bloody coats on Adam. He took Abel and Abel offered a sacrifice that he had nothing to do with but Cain offered a sacrifice that he worked up. See, that's why that talks about the doctrine of Cain. Noah. When Noah came out of the ark, we've heard that two by two so much, we think that all he took was, he took two of the unclean and seven of the clean. He offered sacrifices until the ground was baptized in blood. Come on, hallelujah. He saturated that ground in blood. Abraham offered a sacrifice. Five animals, two birds, and then God had his blood on God's hands, and God told Abraham, said, circumcise yourself, and it was the blood of God and man mixed on the hands of Abraham where God was telling us someday, I'm going to wrap myself in flesh, and I'm going to become the son of God. Hallelujah. And then Moses. Now think about this. Moses built an altar when they came out of Egypt. And Moses said, I want you young men to go kill bullocks. And they took basins and stout poles, and they put hyssop and wool on the end of the stout poles. And the King James Bible said they sprinkled Israel. Three, can you imagine how many lambs or how many bullocks and how much blood it would take to sprinkle three million people? How many people is in Kansas City, doctor? Two million. A million more than Kansas City. And, and the King James said that he sprinkled. It doesn't say that in the Torah. It said he literally sprayed them and saturated them with that blood. Israel was saturated with blood, with half the blood. He took the other half of the blood, and he walked over and completely baptized the altar in blood. And when there was blood everywhere, God had never said this before, but God said, now I want you to build me a place where I can dwell among you. I can't live among you if there's not blood to take care of your stinking, filthy sin. Build me a place where I can live among you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Moses said there's coming a time when God's going to raise up a prophet from among the people like me. And he said there's going to come a time when all of Israel will be prophets. The centuries are coming to a close. And Jesus is hanging on the old rugged cross. He has met the Sanhedrin. You notice this where it said the priest tore his garments? A priest had a, like a turtleneck, and underneath it was metal called a habergeon. And it was made so the priest couldn't accidentally tear that garment, the priest garment, because when the priest garment tore, the current priest had to step away, and the next priesthood stepped in. Golly, I can't wear turtlenecks because they roll over. I don't like turtlenecks. I feel like a, a, a real a sissy with real weak hands is trying to strangle me all the time. 
Hallelujah. I went to Israel one time with a turtleneck and a backpack, and I felt like a gay midget was trying to bring me down, man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But Jesus walked before there, and the priest prophesied. The priest couldn't help it. He said it's expedient that one man die for the nation instead of the whole nation die because of this one man. And he said, I want you to know I'm asking you by the name of God, are you the Messiah or not, the Son of God or not? And Jesus said, you're going to see the Son of Man riding on the clouds of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that priest reached up and tore that garment open. You know why? There was a brand new priesthood stepping in. Hallelujah. It wasn't the priesthood of Aaron. It wasn't necessarily the Melchizedek priesthood. It was a type. But there was a new priesthood coming in. It's going to be a priesthood of believers. Instead of offering blood, we plead the blood. We get to call the name. Hallelujah. 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 See, in the Aaronic priesthood, your father had to be a priest. My father wasn't a priest. He was a priest, but he worked for the other team. Come on. You couldn't have a flat nose. You couldn't, your seed couldn't have gone from you. You had to be able to have a son to regenerate the priesthood. Come on. You couldn't be a dwarf. Hallelujah. Come on. If you, if you, could, you, know, if you could have your feet on your driver's license picture, you couldn't be a priest. You couldn't be ugly. That throws you out, homie. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Couldn't be overweight. We'd have to get. We'd have to find Doctor Atkinstein. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And that's the ironic priesthood. But under the priesthood that God's coming, our Father is a priest forever after order of Melchizedek. He covers all your infirmities. I've got twenty-six tattoos. When I was in jail, the guys, if we didn't have anything to read, they read me, man. I couldn't be a priest. Come on. I've never shared this with any church in our movement, and I'm going to share something with you. And if you tell it around our movement, I'm going to come in after you. This is a secret that nobody knows but me. I'm overweight. I got on a scale that day, and they said, one at a time, please. Preacher friend and I were standing talking. The cop drove by and said, break that crowd up over there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. You had to be trained. I wasn't trained. The happiest, the happiest eight years of my life was the fifth grade. They promised me if I'd leave school, they wouldn't press charges. Hallelujah. Come on. Jimmy and I have an aunt that's got a college degree, and she was embarrassed in her family about going to college. We never knew about it. Hallelujah. Come on. See, it's what God does for us. Now, here's one thing that blows my mind. I'll never understand. Now, you ladies enlighten. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not preaching against it. I'm not saying it's wrong or right. It's just whatever. But why in the name of God would a woman want to shave her eyebrows off and draw them back on with a pencil?
We've got an aunt that's gone on to be with the Lord, and she used to do that and looked like she was looking at her aunt all the time or something, man. Hallelujah. You know what it boils down to? to every one of us in some area of our life are a little bit pitiful. Hallelujah. Come on, we're all pitiful. We're all pitiful. We're all sinners shaping in iniquity. None of us can do anything. The minute you think you can preach without the anointing, God will leave you standing up there, look like an orphan at a Father's Day picnic. Hallelujah. The minute you think you can sing, God will leave you up there songless. Come on, if God doesn't build a house, we that labor, laboreth in vain. You know what I like to, I was impressed by what you're building, but I was impressed by the anointing when I stepped out of that car. I said, I feel something on this hill. God loves mountains. God loves mountains. Come on, it was on a mountain that God caught Noah's ark. It was on a mountain that Abraham cut covenant. It was on a mountain that David shouted up and put the three-sided tent on Zion. Hallelujah. Come on, God loves to be on mountaintops with his people. The valley is for decision. Mountaintops are for envisionment. Don't ever make your decision down in the valley. I remember the first time I saw my wife when she wasn't fixed up. I thought, good God Almighty. We lived on Palisade Street in Wichita, Kansas, right, a little house right across from Grandma and Grandpa, Jim. And uh, I was sitting there, and I saw something come by, and I thought, oi, hallelujah. <laughs> and that's back then when our ladies all wore those big old hairdos, remember? Looked like you had a Volkswagen on your head. Huh? Come on, our women walking in covenant still don't cut it, but they've learned how to kind of, uh, what? Shrink it. Hallelujah. I had a lady ask a lady one time, I said, you tease your hair? And she said, why? And I said, sure looks mad to me, man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And she walked by, and, and I said, come here. She always fixed up so pretty. My wife's a pretty lady. Luckiest girl in Pentecost. She's like a puppy smothering in Mighty Dog, man. Hallelujah. But I said, I love you. I don't care if your hair looks like steel wool. You've worked all night in the coal mine, washed everything but your eye sockets. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love you. And you know what? God sees us when we're not all fixed up. God sees us at, us, at our worst. God sees you when you're griping. Come on, God sees you when you got B.O. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you. I got in the car with a preacher the other day. He said, boy, you smell good. What is that? And I said, it's some new stuff you ought to try. And he said, what? And I said, soap and water, Bubba. Hallelujah. That's S-O-A-P, Stan. Hallelujah. W-A-R, uh, hallelujah. But you know, inside of all of our shortcomings, he loved us. Come on, he didn't see me up here. He didn't die for me when he, with this reverend rig on. Haircut looked like a 57 Chevy with both doors open. Clean shaven. He didn't die for me like that. You know how he died for me? 
when I had an old beard, used to pull it up and chew on it, wore a black patch over my eye, laying in the prison farm, drank an aqua velva shaving lotion. Come on, they've got a tape out called aqua. Hallelujah. And he said, I love him just like, and, and we think we've got to do better, we've got to act just right, that if we do good enough and act good enough, we'll get God's love. He loves us no matter what we do. Come on. Hallelujah. I was witnessing to a guy one time, and he spit on me. And I hadn't been in church but about six months. And I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to whip you like a yard dog, buddy. God said, no, you can't. And I said, no, I can't. God sees us when we're like that. Come on. And God said, I love you. And he went to the cross. And he paid the crimson cash to buy us out of sin's prison house. Come on, you say, well, how is there? There's no limit that God can't reach. I baptized 10 men on death row one day, and, and nine of them came out of the water speaking in tongues. One of them over at Fort Smith, Arkansas, took a 44 Magnum and put it in a highway patrolman's mouth, made him open, and blew his brains out. And, and uh, he took the patrolman's wife that was with child and cut the baby out of her body and offered it to the devil as a sacrifice. Ground up four teenagers in a meat grinder. Come on. Cut some Mormon people up that was knocking doors and <laughs> not funny. Hallelujah. It cut some Mormon people up that was knocking doors and packaged them up and, and gave the meat out to people in the neighborhood. Filet Mormon. <laughs> and I go down there. He saves up human waste in a bucket to throw on preachers. And I go down there. He talks about me. He talks about my mama. And I come from a neighborhood. Listen, buddy, you can talk about your sister, how ugly your sister is. You can, but you don't talk about your mama. And he spit on me. Big old Luger just right on my coat, just laid there and quivered. Big old Luger just, <laughs> right there and the old Mahaney rose up and I said I'm going to tell you something sucker they're going to put you in an electric chair in about three days and I'm going to be somewhere praying more power to you hallelujah and I turned around and started to walk away and God spoke to me and said don't you walk away I died for him on the cross too I baptized him. God filled him with the Holy Ghost. He called a press conference. They had about 12 TV stations, a CNN and Fox, and he said, I'm not afraid to die anymore because I'm going to heaven because Chaplain Mahane and his group come and baptize me, and I'm full of the Holy Ghost. And then he talked in tongues on the news on CNN. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And our honorable governor, our pure, righteous, holy governor that has never done anything wrong, called and Governor Clinton said, <laughs> hallelujah, 
I prayed for Bill. If I'd known what it was going to be, I'd have hung on a lot longer when I was praying for that homie. He said, because of my compassion, <laughs> I want you to give it. He, he can choose lethal injection. And I saw Clinton later, and I said, boy, you're just ate up with compassion, ain't you, Bubba? <laughs> Hallelujah. And they put the needle in his arm, and his wife was right across the glass, and I was trying to get a flight in. He wanted me to be there with him when the state murdered him. It's murder whether we do it, he does it, or the state does it. Come on. And uh, his wife was over there, and he said, I love you, honey. You know, she couldn't hear me. She said, I love you, too. And they put the needle in his arm. He said, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. I said, you got anything to say? He said, I bless you in Jesus' name. and went to speaking in tongues. He said, I'm going to a better place. Now, if God can save that heathen, God can save anybody. And you know what God's called us to? We're called to be priests. I'm a priest. Come on. I'm to offer sacrifice. Hallelujah. He's made us kings and priests. And we're here to offer sacrifice. He said, whosoever sin you retain is going to be retained, and whosoever sin you remit is going to be remit, remitted. And God has given us a space of time See, we're living in the time of God's blessing. The Bible said when the fullness of time was come, that word time there is chronos. That means it's space of time on the clock. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. That Jew's coming out at him, says, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. If he was in the synagogue, you'd have to be in the balcony. Hallelujah. Our kids act up because we're supposed to be acting up in church. Come on. My oldest son was acting up one day, and I sent a letter back to my wife from the platform. I said, take him out and spank his. Take him out. Hallelujah. So she jumped up, and they were sitting about right down here where Slick's sitting. And they, she started out with Nikki. Nikki was about two. Nikki hollered, pray for me. Hallelujah. See, time, when the day of Pentecost was fully, I'm fully Pentecost. If I had one hair, it wasn't Pentecostal, I'd pluck it out. From the top of my consort hairspray to the bottom of my lizard shoes, I'm one God, apostolic, Jesus' name, Holy Ghost, Pentecostal. I was born in the fire, and I can't live in the smoke. Come on. I'd rather stay home and watch wagon trainers go to a dead, dry, formal Pentecostal church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Devil trying to slay me for holding up such a standard up here. Hallelujah. But there's a day of covering. Jesus always went to the, now listen to me. And we're, we're fixing to wrap this up. Jesus always went to the feast. Every feast in Israel has been fulfilled somewhere in our life. He was born on the feast of Sukkot or the feast of tabernacles. That's when Israel would move out for seven days. They'd move into a booth. They'd make a booth, and they'd live in that booth seven days. We was having a tent revival, and I got a Jewish friend of mine that runs a pawn shop. That's a shock. And uh, I got an uncle in, in Chicago, been going out of business for 47 years. On my dad's side, <laughs> Uncle Isaac. Hallelujah. And 
He said, what are you guys doing out there in that tent? We was having a tent revival. I said, we're fulfilling the Feast of Tabernacles. I said, move out a week. We moved out of the church a week and out here singing and shouting. He was born on Tabernacles. He wasn't born on December the 25th. Come on, ho, 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 and who wouldn't go? And I don't preach against Christmas, and that's what you want to do it. I don't care. Wouldn't let my wife get a Christmas tree, and I first got in church and found out she was buying four of them, tearing them up, stringing them around the house. So I don't preach. I preached against Christmas one time. God spoke to me and said, your attitude's worse than anybody ever celebrated Christmas. <laughs> he said, thank you. Hallelujah. He said, I can tolerate people celebrating my birthday even if they don't have the date, but I can't tolerate your attitude. So I don't, you know, that's up to you. If you want to take your kids out to the mall, stick them on some pervert's lap because they got a red suit on this. Hanukkah's more fun, ain't it, homie? Hallelujah. You get, you get eight gifts. Nine if you, hallelujah. He was born on Tabernacles. He died on Pesach, we call it, Passover. When the bread is broken, Hallelujah, hallelujah. And he rose, he was in the grave on first fruits. He rose on the sheath of the waving of the first fruits. He sent back his spirit, Ruach HaKodesh, on Yom HaShavuach, the day of Pentecost. He fulfilled all of them. But eight days ago, we started into Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. Turn the one beside you and say, Happy New Year. Hallelujah. And now, Tuesday and Wednesday night are the two days of Yom Kippur. It's the days when one time a year the high priest can say the name of God. I want you to see what season of blessing we're in right now. Come on. It's the one time a year the blood is poured out. And the priest opened the door and the people of Israel come with their petitions to bring before God. And God answers their petitions for the next year. And Jubilee starts. You get your stuff back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. That's where we're at right now. If that doesn't thrill you, I think your pilot lights went out. You need to tell that guy beside you, blow my ear, man. I think my pilot lights went out on me. We're in the time when you need to ask God for what you want. Two years ago, my wife and I done this. I called Dr. Gleason and, and preached to him on the phone about it. And uh, I said, it's time to write everything we want to see. My son had been out of church for 20 years. That day I went to the lawyer with my son, and the lawyer's a good friend of mine, and uh, the lawyer said, Nick, if I'm lucky, I can get you probably 40 years to life. I said, I'd hate to get unlucky in this court. But he went before the judge and they sentenced him to 150 months, checked himself in rehab before he had to go to the penitentiary, called me one night and said, Dad, I can't take it any longer. I want to come home. And I said, go into your room, ignorant. And the people at the desk called and said, Reverend Mahane, I said, yeah. he said, can, uh, we're not supposed to have visitors, but if you'll sneak in the back, we'll let you talk to Nick. 
went up there and he was just a boogie and said, I got to pray through the Holy Ghost talking in tongues. Went back before the same judge to give him 150 months. And the judge said, I'm going to nullify that. I'm going to put you on a parole in nine months. If you don't violate your parole, don't get on drugs. He said, we're going to wipe all your record out. You'll have no record. Brother Gary, the judge called last week and said, Nick, I'm going to take all of our people that's got to be in, in substance abuse classes, and I'm going to put them in a class, and I want you to come and teach them. They brought the TV camera in and said, we want to interview somebody, and the DA said, uh, interview our poster boy over here. And Nick said, it's because I got an experience with God. Come on, it wasn't the state, it was God and my dad's prayers. Come on. The high priest is ready to speak the name of God and pour the blood out, and God's going to give us our stuff back. The next year we done that, all three of our grandkids prayed through the Holy Ghost. My little 12-year-old grandson plays the drums on the platform. My son pastors a church. They came up the other night, and Hunter was there, and he was, and everybody's gathered around laughing. They said, "Wait a," said he's telling one-line jokes, and then he hit the drum. I said, "Tell him he's not funny." Hallelujah. Come on. I got a telephone call today. The pastor where my son goes to church, Pastor Whitley in Bryan, Arkansas. His wife has had cancer surgery, and the doctor said it looked very grim. Nick called today, and they've been in uh, Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur prayer, and they said, the doctor said she is completely cancer-free. Talked to a friend of mine from Austin, Texas, goes to Rex Johnson's church. He's had leukemia. The doctor said, uh, we don't give you a lot of hope. He called and said, and we've been in, in Yom Kippur prayer, and he said, I am 100% free of any kind of cancer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. We're in the season of God's blessing. There's times that God blesses. I told Justin before service, I said, I prayed to God before and it was like, and it was like praying to that Kleenex box. Nothing. But that didn't mean God wouldn't listen. Goosebumps is not saying God's listening. Last, this time last year, I was needing to trade cars real badly. I told God, I said, if you don't help me trade cars, my car's got 100,000 miles on it. It goes down the road sideways. You ever seen one going sideways? I said, I'm going to get a bumper sticker and put one on the front and one on the back. God is my source. And I promise you, I promise you, I'm in prayer. Just right after this time when my wife and I wrote out what we wanted God to do in the next 12 months, I'm in prayer. And I said, God, I need a car. And God said, well, what kind of car do you need? There's a lot of different kinds of cars. I said, my people pray and they're so scattered. He said, I'm tired of trying to read everybody's mind to find out what. I said, let me get back with you. Come on. I never have learned to be afraid of God. Just Oh, God, don't hit me, don't hit me. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I come there and say, Abba, this is Charlie. Come on. 
and I done research. The number one awarded car of 2005 was the Chrysler 300. You seen them? How I look like Batman in those things. Na 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 na. Hallelujah. So I tell God, I said, God, I kind of like that Chrysler 300. God said, Okay, we're getting somewhere. And then he says, uh, There's a lot of different colors. And I said, God, I like silver with gray leather interior. And uh, God said, okay. And I said, I've noticed when I was looking at the Chrysler cars that they got that Turing, the Chrysler Turing that's got the big 17-inch tires and wheels and the running fog lights. And yeah, mm-mm. I said, I like that. But I said, God, here's one request I'd like for you to consider. If you don't do it, I'm going to love you. If you do it, I'm still going to love you. It's not going to change my affection to you one way or the other. I said, I, I want to, what do you call it, the place where you put the little round deals in there, the DVD or BVD or what is it? CD. I said, I want a CD, and also I want a, I want a cassette player because I like to hear preaching. Come on. They'll sing false doctrine to you if you're not careful. Heard some bunch of idiots singing one time. Let's all go down to the river. There's a man walking on the water. He didn't walk on the river, man. Heard somebody say, I'm foot sore and poorly shod. I'm climbing up the rough side. I'm not. I've got gospel shoes on. I'm kicking devil tail every time I take a step. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm, and, and, and I'm walking in the covenant of God. I like to listen to, now nah, I'm going to listen to Aqua because it's got my homeboy here singing on it. Yeah, yeah. He's, on a, he's got a new tape out. And uh, they're all fat. I said they need to call it Pounds of Praise. Hallelujah. Got Jim Larson on it. And his half-smart brother Gary on there. We was leaving the airport the other day at General Conference, and I went over and I said, hey, Gary, good to see you, buddy. He said, I sure enjoyed having you out last time. And I said, thank you. And I started to walk away, and he said, bye, Charlie. And I said, bye, Gary. I went over to a bunch of preachers. And I said, let's all holler bye to Gary. So across the airport, we hollered, bye, Gary. Gary said, come on. I said, I said, let's all tell him we love him. We love you, man. Hallelujah. Hollered across. And Gary said, get out of here. Hallelujah. But they've got a tape, and I don't listen to music much. I don't want to be offensive to our music guy, afraid he'd beat up on me, but, but uh, I don't listen to music much. There's one group I love called the Liberated Wailing Wall. So I'm preaching, and I see a young preacher that doesn't have a car, and God said, give him your car. Somebody said, God ain't never give me a car. You ever give your car away to a preacher? Huh? So Nick's with me. Nick's singing, and I'm preaching. And we pull up in the driveway, and a guy comes running with his pastor, crying, and just grabs me and just hugs me and holds on to me and hugs me and cries and hugs me. And I thought I'd be glad when he gets over this. And I said, "What is it?" And he said, "God told me that day in prayer to buy you a car." He said, what time are you leaving in the morning? I said, what time do you want me to leave? He said, I've got a friend of mine that 
has got a dealership. And he said, I want you to go look at some cars down there. And I said, what kind of dealership is it? He said, it's a Chrysler dealership. Pulled up there and I said, uh, he said, my friend wants a 300 Touring. He said, uh, we don't have any. He said, uh, we've getting some in. We've had people on a two-month waiting list getting those. He said, well, wait a minute. My wife had one or ordered one. We've got it sitting out here. And she decided to get an SUV. If you buy an SUV, you need to invest in a filling station while you're getting it. Hallelujah. And I said, really, what is it? He said, it's a Chrysler 300 Touring. He said, it's silver with gray leather interior. It's the Touring package. I said, all right. I said, what kind of a sound system does it have in it? He said, Bose. I said, no, not that. I said, does it have a tape player? He said, it's got a CD player. And I said, no tape player? And he said, huh? He goes, oh, yeah, it's got a cassette under the CD player. Hallelujah. Right after this time of the season of blessing. My friend said, put it in Reverend Mahaney's name. I'll write the check, $31,800. Hallelujah. We're in the season of God's blessing. Come on. At this time of the year, my son, we was going to church one night, and, and uh, he was on the back door of the car. And I was just in, hadn't been in church very long, living in Wichita, and, and I'd bought me a, a real plush trailer to go evangelizing with. Jimmy saw it. Hallelujah. Somebody said, is it self-contained? Yeah, I had a coffee can in there. And Hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. You know, poor folks got poor ways. I'm not embarrassed to be poor. God made a lot. God must love us. He made a lot of us. So we're going to church, and, 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 and Mike is, is against the door, and, and it's this time of the year. I've been looking, my wife and I, and he falls out of the car. I run over his body with the car. It's a big old Buick Wildcat. My taillights didn't work. I had a wire run from the taillight to the battery, and when a cop would get behind me, I'd rub those two wires together. It looked like I had brake lights. <laughs> Hallelujah. Little legs crushed. Took him over to the church and laid him out. And I got a bottle of oil and I just poured it all up and down him and poured that whole bottle of olive oil on it. Bible said anoint. That means to pour forth. If you want anointed, you better get somebody beside me because I'll, I'll pour it all over you. Better than having cancer. Come on. I got off work the next day. It ain't always been preaching for the big timers like Brother Gleason and it was a home mission church. And I drove up and I bumped the horn with my elbow and when I did, Mike come running down the steps, climbed me like a tree and said, Daddy, Jesus was here at the house and healed me. Didn't have a red mark on his body. Pastor in a revival church in Texas, hallelujah. I didn't know this, but at conference, you know Charles Turst from Bangor, Maine? Charles Turst from Bangor, Maine, bald-headed, nuts. He said, Brother Mahaney, you was preaching for me in October, five years ago. A woman came forth. She had terminal cancer. It had metastasized and spread throughout her body. He said it was big as a grapefruit. I, and I, I said, I remember, Charlie, I remember. And he said, you stood back and said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to dry up and leave. And that cancer left her so quickly. He'll tell you that she had to grab her skirt. 
he said she went ahead and had surgery and the doctor wouldn't even, God completely healed her cancer. In this time of blessing. See, we're in the time of blessing right now. We're in the time when God wants to give our stuff back to us. Come on. Had a pastor's son call me three weeks ago and he was, he was high. He just shot up a bunch of drugs and he said, Brother Mahaney, my mom and dad are pastors. He said, I'm a drug addict. He said, I'm going to kill myself. And I said, don't kill yourself, son. Let me pray for you for a while. He called me back this morning and said, I went to church last night and got the Holy Ghost. Come on, hallelujah. Come on, we have complete access. The blood is being outpoured. The name of God is being spoken. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody say, I plead the blood over my family. I plead the blood over my finances. I plead the blood over this sickness. Now speak that covenant name. Say in Jesus' name. I want you to stand and lift your hands. Come on. I don't want to embarrass anybody, but God's told me to do this three times. You hear me. Listen to me, church. Listen to me. I don't want to embarrass anybody, but God's told me to do this three times, and when God tells me to do something, I'm dangerous. God has told me to speak over my cousin Jim that blood infection and command it to leave and not come back and dry up right now. Get in agreement with me, Pastor. Get in agreement. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. God's a good God. And he doesn't have to do anything to prove he's loved. God's a good God. Hallelujah. God's a good God. Come on, God's a good God. Come on, we're in the time of God's blessing. We're in the time when God is speaking his name. Come on, I want you to step a step or two from where you're at. I want you to move just from where you're at. You don't have to get up front. Just move from where you're at and lift your hands and say, God, I accept all you've got for me. God, I'm tired of the sin. I'm tired of the hell. I'm tired of the hurt. God, I want you to touch my life. Listen to me, church. Listen to me. I asked a police investigator the other day. I asked a police investigator that works in ballistics, that works with uh, damage done by gunshots and stuff. And I said, what is the chances of a young man surviving if he got shot in the head with a 357 Magnum? He said, about 10 million to one. And I said, what if he got shot five or six times in the head with a 357 Magnum? He said, there's no way he could survive. And I said, I saw one in Kansas City with his hands raised, worshiping God because a grandma and grandpa knew that God is a blessing God. Come on. Come on. My God is a blessing God. My God is a blessing God.
Come on, God is a blessing, God. Come on, God is a blessing, God. Come on, in the presence of Jehovah. Come on, the name of God is being said by the priest of Israel. The blood is being poured out. The doors are being opened to the temple. And God says, come, my people, and present your petitions. Several things happened at Yom Kippur. Number one, the jubilee starts. Number two, it's the time of the latter rain outpouring begins when the people walk out of the presence of God and they begin to praise God. I want God to reign in my anointing. I want God to reign in my life. I want God to reign in my family. I want God to reign in my health. I want God to reign in my finances. My wife never, never complains. My wife has been an evangelist wife for 32 years. My wife graduated all three of our kids in correspondence school, living in the backs of school of church houses. And she said, and I don't know what's wrong with my knee and my leg. said, I can't hardly stand. I, I can't hardly walk. And I said, we're going to send the word of faith to Little Rock, Arkansas, and God's going to heal you. And I said, it's going to be just a little bit before 9 o'clock. We're going to speak the word of faith, and God's going to heal that pain in my wife. October. Fourteen years ago, October, I was preaching in Stockton, California, Christian Life Center for Pastor Kenneth Haney. I was preaching on the subject, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Jesus said you could buy two sparrows for a farthing, but if you'd invest two farthings, you could buy five. They were so insignificant that they'd just throw the fifth one in free. They used it for fertilizer or bait for something that was worth something. But then he said, one of these doesn't die, that my father doesn't go to his funeral. Just about this time, a man stood up and said, while you was preaching, I had a large growth leave me. And miracles began to happen all over that place. I looked and Brother Kenneth Haney was talking on the phone and he got up and, and walked around the side of the church and he brought a young couple up. And he said, could I say something, Brother Mahaney? One of the greatest gentlemen I've ever, I've ever known, Kenneth Haney. Could I say something? I said, yeah, go ahead there, homie. Hallelujah. He said, at this very moment, this couple, their girl is on a helicopter being medevaced from Modesto to the Bay Area. And he said, the baby has had some kind of meningitis, had a brain hemorrhage. The child, and the doctor says there's no hope for this child. And he said, 
parents came tonight and they're going to go over right after service. They wanted us to pray. And I said, no hope. I want everybody at Christian Life Center. I said, turn around. It faces, it faces west. And we all turned around. He's preached there in that church. I said, turn around. And we all turned around. And I said, it's 914. And that baby was comatose. On the, on the, it had, they couldn't get any response from it at all. The baby, it was a child. And I said, let's all speak and send the word of healing. It was in October at Yom Kippur, just about this time of the year. 1,500 of us turned around and said, in the name of Jesus, we send the healing word. The people on that helicopter said at that exact moment, the helicopter bounced, and that baby set up. And when it landed, the doctor said, where's the sick person? I was at conference the other day. Beautiful young lady come up and said, I want to take your picture, Brother Mahaney. And I said, why? And she said, I'm the helicopter. And I said, really? And she said, yeah, my husband and I are the pastors at Brother Paul Mooney's Spanish church in Indianapolis, Indiana now. I want you to bring all your petitions around the throne of God right now. We're going to speak over them. We're not going to pray for people. Come on, everybody come. You want God to bless you? You want God to bless your family? Told my cousin today in Phoenix, I said, I'm praying for you, buddy. I, I love you. And he said, I love you too, Charlie. And I said, I'm praying for you. And I said, is it doing any good? And he said, it don't seem like it, but don't quit. He said, I know what prayer can do. He said, I know what happened when Grandma and Grandpa prayed. I know what happened when Aunt Nada prayed. I know what happened. Come on. Come on, just come. And we're not, you're not joining nothing. You're just coming up here and God's going to, and, and, and just say some things you want God to do in the spirit realm. Come on, move up here in the aisle so people, move, move right on up here, folks, so people can get out. Brother Gary, move, move on up here so people. Oh, I feel an anointing on that. I intentionally was low-key tonight because I wanted the anointing to build us to this place where we could see. There's two Hebrew words I want you to learn. One is moed. Everybody say moed. And mikra. Moed means an appointed time. Not that time, but a future appointed time. Mikra means a rehearsal, like if he was rehearsing for a wedding or a play and you would go in and rehearse, it would be called a mikra in Israel. Mikra. All the feast, all the Old Testament was a moed and a mikra, a rehearsal for an appointed time. When God's true church would step in. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Come on, I want you to lift your hand. Say, I speak the name in the blood. Say, God, give us grace and mercy over this building, God. Let us, let us get in it and pay for it but so, so quickly it'll blow the minds of everybody here, God. God, give us the revival we're after. God, touch our sons and daughters.
I want you to give at least five petitions you want God to do, and God's going to release Jubilee. Come on. Finances, health, family, revival, whatever. Don't be selfish. God, I know this preacher, God, that's going through trial, God. God, uh, he called me the other day and said, it's about to run him nuts. God, I want you to send a mercy. I want you to send a grace into he and his wife's life and touch that situation. God, if he was going to bless me financially, then take my blessing and give it to him, God, because I'm walking with you. I'm going to make it, God. God, I want you to bless Brother Gleason's family. God, I want you to let that prophecy that I gave Justin several years ago about the mantle of his grandfather's coming on him and his dad, God, I want him to see that and a leadership mantle that'll help him lead this youth group not to fun and games, but this youth group wasn't born in a fun and game. It was born in old-time revival. My God, most of us has never seen apostolic revival. Touch Brother Haney, God. Touch Brother Haney. Touch Brother Gleason and give him revelation knowledge about this district, about how to operate this district and get unity in the district. And God, give him revelation knowledge. God, touch Nick, God. Let Nick continue to let the anointing pull his life. Touch Michael, God. Touch Shelly. I thank you for touching my wife, the pains in her joints, God. I thank you. God, you see that financial trauma that we're facing, God. I'm not worried, God. You're the, you take care of it. You know where there's a fish with a coin in it. Now I want you to take about a minute and just praise God for what he's done. The season of blessing. The season of my 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 blessing. I come against this sickness back here. I come against it in Jesus' name. I come against it in Jesus' name. Yes. I want to close this service. I want you on credit. Come on, it's already happened. There's been so many. I closed my eyes. I saw handcuffs and chains that had fallen. I saw victories. I saw habits cast away. I saw defeat broken. And by faith, by faith, by faith, I want you to shout, 
before God just like you, you'd already seen it. Come on, shout buffet. Come on, shout buffet. Shout buffet. Come on, shout. Come on, Justin, shout like you're going to shout when God gives you 200 new young people in that new church. Come on, shout, Buffet. a feeling everything's gonna be all right oh i've got a feeling everything's gonna be all right thank you for listening to this message for more content follow us on facebook instagram and youtube at the life church kc reference the episode notes for more details